Hello, everybody. Um, first of all, I just want to apologize that the episode uh, today is going to be coming out a little bit later than it usually would. I usually try to put out on Thursdays because that gives me enough time to watch the episode when when it actually airs on Wednesday and then give you a recap by the morning. But I had to work. Um, I'm not really going to explain why. I don't really think that's important. Um, the most important part is that I'm actually able to record. Because I also wasn't sure if I'd be able to watch last night either. And I was thinking to myself, I promised my lovely adoring fans that it would be on Friday. And now I'm able to do it. So I'm very happy about that. I have kind of a lot to unpack this episode. Um, most of it revolves around one similar storyline. But there's little stories within that storyline that I think are all really important. Last episode, Fessy went against Nelson, who was one of his best friends in the house. Um, probably one of the few people who actually trusted him. He completely annihilated Nelson in Hall Brawl, really played dirty. And then after he won, he decided that he wasn't going to keep Anissa as a partner anymore. So he went with Casey, who was already in his alliance. And it was obvious that she was kind of worried about that. So we get back to the house. Fessy's excited. Casey's a little bit nervous, and Corey's fuming about the fact that Fessy went against, like, a good friend that they shared, which is understandable, and he's definitely trying to defend Nelson, also understandable. Um, they've been friends for a really long time, obviously since Rivals 3, at least, but I think their friendship really started to grow during Invasion, or maybe it was even real, like, outside of the show. I don't really know. Maybe they knew each other in some way, shape, or form. But Corey basically just lets Fessy have it. Um, he does make a really good point about friends. Like, you shouldn't really treat friends like that. Um, he talks about caring about others. And the point that he made about that was kind of interesting to me. And I don't know the exact saying, so I'm just going to say what I think it is. It's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. Because if you remember from last season, one of the major storylines was... Corey trying to provide for his family and Nelson decided that he would take a bullet for Corey and throw himself into Hall Brawl so that Corey wouldn't have to go in and risk his chance at the money. He didn't end up winning but it, I mean it was a very nice gesture um, just for both of them. You know it was really good for both of them um, but Nelson had PTSD about it and he was really upset and it just I was kind of feeling like I don't know if Nelson expected anything in return I mean if it was me I don't know if I would even though it is a million dollars like they were really good friends and I just don't know if Corey has really ever done anything to help him if Corey does end up winning or at least winning some money hopefully he can kick Nelson down maybe even like a tenth of that maybe even like you know five thousand dollars like i'd be good with that like i mean i'm not trying to say that my um my niceness my kindness would be put at a price but i think it would be good um Corey just seems like the type that never wants to do anything in return for other people but always expects things in return for himself which is kind of a dangerous quality to have so it kind of weakens his argument a little bit 
they kind of argue for a little while, and then Josh decides that he's going to get involved because another part of the betrayal by Fessy was that Josh claimed that he wanted to go in. He actually didn't because Tori revealed it probably multiple times. He said that he didn't want to go in, like, please spare me. I'm, like, too scared to go in. I don't know what the exact terminology is, but I bet he was scared. I mean, it's a hall brawl, and he claimed that he could do well in physical, but you never really know until you actually get in physical, and he's really yet to win in elimination, so you, there's really nothing to go off of besides your belief in yourself. So it's good that he believed in himself, but it was kind of naive and foolish of him to lie about it. It would have been more respectful to say, hey, you know what, I don't want to go in yet, like, it's not really worth it. Um, he starts yelling at Fessy, and then Fessy says that Josh plays scared every season. Fair argument on his part. I don't really think that Josh needed to get involved. And then Tori comes up, and she starts fighting with Josh, and it just feels like there's a lot of people involved in this. Uh, they already have an audience, you know, CT's already talking about how in trouble Fessy is, and it just really goes to show that fights and betrayals like that can really just bring the whole house against you. And I think that it wasn't a horrible decision, um, but it would have been, I think, a lot better at a different time. Because he really didn't need to go in against Nelson. Because he knew that Nelson was hurt. Um, and yeah, I know that he felt confident, but I'm sure that there would have been very many other physical eliminations. And if you watch really closely, like he still barely won. So, he got a gold school, yes, but that can still be taken from him, and that doesn't automatically guarantee that he's going to make the final or even win the final. It's just not worth having that many people on your bad side. We get to another storyline, which is kind of the biggest one of the episode. Amber is talking to her itty-bitty little committee, I think is the nickname, with Big T gabby and amber b so there's three rookies and they all feel targeted by tori specifically um they all want to work together they feel like she kind of talks down on them they feel underestimated which is i guess understandable as a rookie because that's kind of another main storyline of a season is that rookies need to go in and earn their stripes and prove themselves but you never really know what um what capabilities they have. I have never heard anybody say that Lolo needs to go and improve herself. Yeah, she is um, an Olympian, though. So I guess, you know, she's probably stronger than some of the vets, especially a lot of the vets, probably. But the main thing that everybody is upset about is that Tori doesn't respect them because she calls them weak, but she doesn't say it to their face. And she always talks about how they want to have um, easy wins for all of the vets and that she feels like she can easily beat a weak person, but she doesn't want to go up against Lolo because she thinks that Lolo is too strong. And, you know, she claims that she's super strong, which the thing for me is that if you're going to claim that you're super strong, you had better be confident that you can beat anybody. There have been a lot of players that feel like they're not very strong but aren't afraid to go up against anybody. Derek, for example, he's won three championships for a reason. Because he's small, 
but he really packs a punch and he is not scared of a single competitor. He could probably have to go against Mike the Miz in his prime and he would do it because he'll do anything to make it farther and to prove himself. So that's somebody who I see as a strong competitor. If you don't want to go up against people who you feel like you can't beat, um, you're maybe not that strong. You should feel confident in anything because anything can be an equalizer and anything can happen. So Tori is really becoming a little bit too overconfident for my liking. I don't like to use the word cocky, so I feel like overconfident is fair because she's confident, but it's almost too much and it seems like a lot of people are catching on to it. We get to the challenge and the first thing that TJ mentions is that Natalie, who is a rookie, who again, Tori has never said that she wants to go up against, which again is understandable because Natalie's a survivor champ. She was runner up of the all winter season and she works out a lot. She's very strong physically, mentally, emotionally. I feel like Natalie can do anything, which is really what makes this news sad. She is not able to continue in the game due to a personal matter. Nobody could figure out what it was until it aired. And it turns out that um, she was pregnant and she only really found out because she made a joke about it with her sister on a phone call and production asked her to get tested. And yeah, it turns out that she was pregnant. She mentioned that they never tested her prior to that, but on Survivor, they probably gave her four pregnancy tests. So I'm wondering why they don't give these tests to, like, really anybody. Because Melissa was pregnant. Um, Liv, it turns out that she was pregnant, but this was, like, a long time after, and this was not why she had to leave the game. And then now Natalie's pregnant, and she has to leave. There have been people who have competed when they were pregnant. Robin, I think she was pregnant during the duel too. Um, it's probably a little uh, less extreme back then. Um, I mean, it was still extreme though, so I think I would still be afraid. But you still want to be able to participate. And I felt really bad for her, and I really wanted her to go far. Especially because when she got home, um, probably a week later, it turns out that she had a miscarriage which was really sad. I just felt horrible to her. And I really f hope that one day she can come back and then another day that she'll get a chance to be a parent because I think that she would be an awesome mom. And it was honestly pretty emotional to see her have to leave because I feel like that money was in her pocket already. I think that she was making it far. I don't know if anybody would be willing to steal the skull from her because you're probably going to lose. I think the only person who could probably beat her is Lolo. And I just don't really know if there would be an opportunity for them to go against each other. So that's a bummer. Um, TJ mentions that now we've had three females leave the game due to injury or disqualification outside of the crater. He's very worried about that. So he decides to institute a security breach. I'm honestly getting really tired of the spy language it's like episode five and i'm like i don't need to hear security breach or deactivated anymore in my life okay i watched survivor winners at war and i had to hear bequeath every single episode and i think i almost threw up every single time that's just 
stop with the constant terminology that just feels so corny. I get that it's a spy theme, but it really kind of takes away from the seriousness. You could have just said, hey, you know what, I'm bringing somebody back. But that doesn't fit the double agent's theme, Madison. What are you talking about? There's a reason why you're not on production. They don't say that, but I know that everybody thinks it. Everybody is tired of the language, even though, unfortunately, we all know that it's kind of supposed to be that way. So this uh, aforementioned security breach um, ends up bringing Ashley back into the game, which is pretty exciting and almost kind of ironic because the girl who took her out is now having her place taken by the girl that she took out. Which uh, I think is pretty cool. I always like seeing Ashley. Um, I don't know if she'll win. But it's nice to have her back. Because she's she's pure comedy. She's so funny. She doesn't really take anybody's BS. And I just really respect her as a competitor. Since Corey is without a partner. He ends up with Ashley. This is the second time that she's been partners with Corey. They were partners in Rivals 3, kind of, that kind of came about from an argument from the real, the real world, I think their season was Explosion. Um, it was edited to seem like Ashley said that she could buy and sell Corey's family, which that's not what she said. She just got involved because he was arguing with somebody else, and then he got upset, so that's why they were Rivals. Um, this is only the fourth time in challenge history where a pair has been a pair in two separate seasons. I think the first was Sarah and Vinny. Well, they also did it at the same time as Wes and Bandy. They were all on um, Battle of the X's 1 and Fresh Meat 2 together. And then CT and DM, who were on both seasons of X's. So it's almost an advantage for them because they know their partner's strengths already and they're probably not going to change a lot. So I think that they'll be a really good pairing and it's good to know that she has a solid support system. I feel like the whole house is against her except for CT obviously. They've won together before and they were champ like the champion um, pairing before she went home into Big T because they're friends. So, in this episode, we see a repeat from a challenge from either the Duel 1 or the Duel 2. I can't quite remember because they had a lot of similar people participating in both. I believe it was the Duel 2, but we don't need to know about the specifics. This challenge, though, does add a little bit of a twist. So, it starts with the men having to pull up 200 meters of rope, and then they have to race to hold on to their partner to keep them from falling off this ledge. If they're not done with the rope by the time that the ledge underneath them drops, um, your partner has to hang on alone. So that can be really hard for them. Um, I think I would be really scared to hang on by myself. That's a lot of upper body strength that right now I don't quite have. Um, I can't even do a pull-up. So yeah, I think I would be first out of this challenge if my partner is really slow. Um, in heat one... It turns out that Tori and Anissa end up dropping together. Uh, Anissa actually did have her partner holding on to her, I, th I believe, by the time that the ledge dropped. So they fell. Um, I don't remember who else fell. I think it was Tori. But Devin said that he threw it 
because he wasn't really going to help her hold on. I guess they felt like they didn't really need to win. And Devin doesn't like Tori, so of course he's not going to help her. Darrell finishes his rope pull, but it takes probably about a half a second for her to fall before he can get to her. So he doesn't get there in time, which is really unfortunate because I really want to see Darrell succeed. Um, if you don't love Darrell, there's probably something wrong with you. And I say that very rudely, okay? He's super strong, and that's why it's so disappointing to see his performance in these challenges. So there's three more pairs. Gabby is kind of able to hold on without her partner for a pretty long time. Um, but then Leo ends up dropping her pretty soon after that. So now it's down to Nam and Lolo versus Jay and Teresa. Nam and Lolo do a really impressive job, but Jay is a rock climber, so he's kind of used to this. He's probably used to holding on to really hard surfaces and having to pull things up. So they end up winning the heat. Uh, proves that they're definitely not to be underestimated. Um, they're both really strong competitors, and I'm glad that they end up winning the heat because I think everybody would have expected that Nam would have won. So it's nice to have something a little bit different. So we get Heat 2 with everybody else. <laughs> Big T's super scared to hang off the um, the ledge, which is super understandable. Uh, I would be petrified for my life too. And CT tells her to make a bean face. And she growls almost if she's in like second grade. And the photographer tells her to smile from the camera. Or it's like me when I see who's on the schedule for work. Or maybe when I'm trying to poop and it's just not coming out. Like, it's not a mean face. It's hilarious and it honestly had me on the floor, like, dying. I had to pause the episode and laugh for about five minutes before I get started again. Um, they have to pull up the rope again, obviously, because everybody has to do it. Ashley is partners with Corey, as I already mentioned. And she drops because the ledge drops and she's not able to hold on. So I'm kind of disappointed with Corey's performance there because I thought that he would go a lot quicker and I know that he would have been able to hold on to her for a little while. Uh, I'm not saying that he has popcorn muscles or anything because we didn't get to actually prove that. But again, he is kind of suffering pretty bad and she just got back. So it's not really a good look for them at all. Another pairing that I'm kind of disappointed with is uh, Fessy and Casey they hardly last up there, and it almost feels like he dropped her on purpose. I'm sure that he wouldn't because they're, like, best friends. But I feel like he could have held her for a lot longer time, even if it was just a couple seconds. We end up getting down to Josh versus CT holding on to their partners. And Josh ends up making deals with CT in the middle of the challenge. I'm telling him, hey, you know, let me win. Like, I got you if I win. Um, as if it's that easy to just get somebody to give up like that. Big T doesn't want to fall. And obviously, CT's not going to believe that. I, you know, if it's me, like, I wouldn't stretch Josh as far as I can throw him. And I probably can't throw him very far. So that's probably why I don't trust him or like him a lot. Um, Nani is super terrified that he's making deals, which, I mean, yeah. You be terrified. Maybe it'll get him to stop. But Josh and Nani end up losing that heat. And then Big T and CT win their heat. 
Um, but it's not the winners of each heat. It's whoever can hold on the longest overall. So there's not going to be two winners. We get the results a little bit later on, and it turns out that Big T and CT won by five seconds. I absolutely love their partnership. They are so supportive of each other, and I'm really excited to see what moves they're going to make. I felt bad for Jay and Teresa, too, and I would have been happy with them winning as well, but I feel like Big T is going to have so much power that... I mean, she might not really know what to do with it, so she might try to do something crazy. But Big T's a lot smarter than she might like to let on. So this, I think, is going to be the most iconic uh, challenge win for them, at least of this season. Big T's plan for this elimination is to make sure that Tori and Denisa go in together. They are like newfound friends, and I say newfound because during Dirty 30... Tori called Anissa basically weakened out of shape and said that she couldn't keep up with the rookies. Um, so now that they're like best friends, obviously you have to put them in together because they do have a lot of influence and they also talk a lot of S. Um, I mean, Anissa is a very seasoned veteran, but she hasn't won. I think she would win twice if not for injuries or ridiculous finals. Um, but I just don't know if Tori would ever win. And she wants to go against anybody that she is positive that she can beat. But they have to be a weak person. So Amber basically calls her out on it. And she says, I respect your gameplay. But if you are calling me weak but not saying it to my face, I see you as weak. Which I don't think we've ever heard anything like that before. People don't usually stand up for themselves in that way and kind of turn it around on them and be like, oh, well, you're actually weak because I'm not afraid to go against you, but um, you're afraid to go against anybody who's stronger than me. Tori still doesn't give up, though. She goes to basically kiss Big T's butt in the little VIP section that they have at the club where she's only letting specific people talk to her. She's asking what Big T's plans are, and Big T basically makes her kiss her hand and then choose her away because she doesn't want to talk to her anymore. So it's obvious, and I feel like Tori should know that it's obvious that Big T's not going to throw her a bone on this one. The next morning, um, they talk about it a little bit more, but it's really nothing that we haven't heard. And then we get to deliberation. Tori is talking to everybody about how... We can't trust the rookies. We can't respect them because you haven't really done anything in this game. We don't know what you're capable of. And Amber completely stands up for herself, like in front of essentially the entire house, minus two people. Um, Anissa talks about experience and how, like, again, rookies should be seen as weaker because we don't know what they're capable of. So she's kind of backing Tori. So Anissa is backing Tori, but. Tori's partner, Devin, is not even backing her because she's kind of putting herself in this grave that she's really probably not going to be able to dig out of. And I think everybody is just tired of the whole Tori and Denisa, well, Fitz need to stick together and get the rookies out. You know, like, why do you want to get the rookies out so bad if you feel like you can beat them? Because if you're in a final together, I mean, I honestly believe that Tori would beat a rookie in the final. Like, probably any rookie. I mean, maybe not Lolo, but 
obviously um, Amber B, Gabby, and Amber M, because they're the only female rookies left. So she, but she just doesn't give up with this whole, well, I want to go against little Amber because I know that I can beat her. Her speech ends up backfiring on her best friend, Anissa, because Anissa and Leroy are voted in. And even before they find out that happens, Anissa is crying because she's upset that she's going to have to go against Tori, who again, Anissa, don't forget that she called you weak and out of shape a couple seasons ago. And it's not like you're getting any younger, so she probably still feels that way, but she doesn't want to say it. Um, obviously, Tori doesn't have Jordan, so she's got to be friends with anybody. And it's it's just the weirdest pairing that I can think of. Why would you be with somebody who has disrespected you in the past like that? If somebody calls me weak, if somebody calls me fat, if somebody calls me old, I'm like, I, I don't need to be associated with you. But, I mean, it does make for a good matchup between the two of them, but it's not even set in stone that they would go up against each other. One thing that I found was very interesting was that Leroy had heard that Cam was going to be thrown in to possibly be Tori, so she would go in as the house vote, and then Tori would be thrown in by the uh, double agents. So Leroy votes for his own team to go in, because he doesn't want Cam to go in, so he definitely rides for Cam, and he obviously doesn't really care about his partner. Um, that's pretty funny to me. That's kind of how Leroy is. Uh, he kind of just does things like that. I wouldn't call it a burn vote necessarily because you could get rid of a weak partner, but I don't think Anissa is that weak. I just think that she's also very overconfident, not in the way that Tori is, but you really got to dislike your partner to try to get your own team voted in. CT behind the scenes has made a deal with Nam and Lolo where if she wants to go in and get her skull, he's going to give her the opportunity to do so. So he's kind of interested in going that route. He's not completely sure about going with Tori, and um, he feels like Big T is kind of getting carried away with power. So it might be interesting to see if they can flip the script and then get Lolo to go in. They owe Lolo if, they, if um, she wins, and then if she loses, you get a very strong player out of the game. We arrive at the crater, and there's a little list of everybody who has their gold skulls, and TJ mentions that obviously Natalie is gone, so now there's five female gold skulls still up for grabs. So it's kind of cool that it doesn't just go away, that you can get it again. Um, I mean, it could kind of make it easier for people, especially if maybe a lot of the girls um, end up having to go home for personal reasons. Or it's something that takes their gold skull away and then anybody else can go and try to get it. The unthinkable yet most exciting thing happens. And Big T decides that she's going to throw Tori in. And I'm honestly so proud of Big T because she looks really tiny and probably couldn't hurt a fly. But she's very strong politically and strategically. And... CT, her partner, is just super proud of her for that. So again, that's why I really love their pairing, and I'm just really happy that this happened. I'm kind of happy that he didn't keep his other deal, because I think that if Lola would have won, it kind of just would have been like the expected. It wouldn't have really been that exciting. Um, I mean, who knows if she would win this elimination, 
But I think that she would have a good chance of beating Anissa. And, you know, she probably wouldn't even keep up her end of the deal. Because I feel like that's how Lola is. Um, I mean, I know that she'll do anything to win at whatever cost. But I just don't want to see CT and Big T get hurt by that. Because she um, also impacts Big T by that. The elimination requires Tori and Anissa to pull a heavy crate across the finish line. It has 25 bombs inside. I put air quotes around that. Obviously, you can't tell, but the bombs are balls. And then you have to use the balls to break 13 targets on a big, almost like a puzzle board. But the trick is that 12 of the targets are solid, so you can't break through them. So you have to break the other 13 out of the 25. And whoever does that first wins. Tori struggles a lot in the beginning. She almost can't pull that crate over. And I think that her technique is kind of poor. Because she's pulling from super close. And she's not getting any momentum. Last season, she was... I feel like she was squatting when she was trying to break the bricks through the little offense when she was competing against Jenna and she lost and that wasn't a good technique she should have been standing up to give herself more momentum and increase the likelihood that the bricks are actually going to break in smaller pieces however Anissa struggles too when she actually gets to the ball throwing and Tori's almost able to catch up to her and I'm thinking to myself Anissa you better not blow this lead um, because that would be probably the most pathetic loss I've ever seen. She easily could have won that. And I feel like she was kind of trying to make it seem like it wasn't a blowout. But it really could have been. I think that Anissa, if she had a different technique, she could have finished before Tori even got there. But Tori ends up catching up to 10. And then Anissa has 12. Um, but Anissa ends up winning. The most hilarious part about Tori's loss is that she was so confident that she could beat any weaker player and be able to win her gold school. And then she has to go up against her best friend, who is maybe not the strongest player, but she's very far from weak. And Tori ends up losing. So I guess, yeah, you know, she would have been right to assume that she would beat a weaker player. But again, if she feels like she's so strong, then she should be able to beat anybody. So it really shows her that she's not as strong as she thinks. And she needs to stop calling people layups. She needs to stop assuming that she knows so much about people. Because last season, she lost to Jenna, who she felt like was checked out. And she was adamant that she would be able to get her red skull. And that didn't work out. She ended up going home. So it happens again. History repeats itself. Um, two episodes in a row now, because with Nelson, uh, went in, lost, hall brawl, and then Tori goes in against somebody and loses, because she still feels confident. I just, I don't know about her. I think she needs to take a break and really reevaluate. TJ lets Anissa know that she's now gotten her gold skull, and the way that he talks to her and talks about her is just unlike anything I've ever seen before. He holds her to such a high regard, and I think that he has more respect for her than probably anybody else. 
Um, I feel like Bananas would be a close second, but I mean, like Anissa, he has really never had anything bad to say about her. And if he does, like he doesn't share it. He always says good things. So it really shows you how respected vets are. Um, I am really happy to see that she has her skull and then now she can kind of shake up the game a little bit. Her version of shaking up the game is taking Fessy back and he is pissed. He is not happy about it and he makes it very clear and I do feel a little bit guilty for her because the first time she picked him he was not that happy and then he tried to get rid of her and then she picks him again. So I feel like it would be interesting if there was a rule that you can't go back to a former partner because then obviously he wouldn't be upset, but he could still be paired up with somebody who he sees as weak. But I think he needs to get over himself because after that, like, you know that you want to be with her. She has a gold skull, so you guys probably don't need to go in as often unless you get to the end where all the gold skulls are taken and now everybody's fighting kind of like they did on the island with the keys. But, I mean, he needs to chill. Like, that, I, my blood was just boiling watching that because how can you disrespect somebody that much to make it obvious that you don't want to be partners with them? But anyways... Um, we also get an old partnership back because uh, Casey decides to go back with Leroy and that leaves Devin as a rogue agent. And he's probably happier about that than being with Tori because he doesn't have to participate in the next challenge. Um, and I don't know if he can go home or be voted in. So he kind of gets a free ride. Which, darn Devin, like I'm almost kind of jealous right now. If that was me in the game with a partner still having to participate and maybe my partner is not that great or I just don't like them, I would be thinking to myself, wow, I really want to be Devin right now. And I never thought that I would say that. Next week's previews look really interesting because Teresa and Lolo get into it. And I know that you don't want to get into it with Lolo. So I'm really going to be kind of scared for Teresa's life in the game and just in general. For the challenge, they have to do a five-mile run. It's probably like a little mini-final, and you have to deposit a log into a hole. I'm assuming the first person to do that ends up winning, which is kind of interesting. It seems kind of easy, but at the same time pretty strenuous, so I guess we're going to see who's able to run, who's able to run quickly, and to do distance running. I'll be interested to see what happens, but until then... You guys know how much I love you. I really love doing this, and I just hope that you guys are pleased with the content that I'm putting out. So please support, let your friends know, and um, I'll see you next week.